The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. It's seven o'clock. Good morning. Explosions and warning sirens have been heard this morning in some of Ukraine's major cities after Russia's president ordered a military operation into the eastern part of the country. Vladimir Putin claims his orders will protect people in breakaway regions who he says have been subject to bullying and genocide and he's warned other nations not to intervene. The Ukrainian president has advised people to stay home. Now, that was Shane Beattie of our own News Talk. This was six Months ago to the day when Russia began a conflict against Ukraine. Extraordinary, a forbidding words and forbidding clip. And here we are six months later and there is absolutely no sign that that conflict is going to end. There's no sign of it easing. And as we all know, today is UK, Ukraine Independence Day. So there's a lot of reasons, a double reason to talk about the conflict with my next guest, who is the ambassador of Ukraine to Ireland, Larissa Goresko. So, Ambassador, looking at this part of the conflict, because I think it's important to know that this is a conflict that didn't start initially earlier this year, but is part of a wider conflict that goes back earlier than that. But just taking it from the events earlier this year, there doesn't seem to be much peace negotiations going on. The conflict is it's not sort of losing any pace or intensity. There, there seems to be just ongoing um, clashes, particularly in the eastern part of the country. Do you, would, you fa- would you think it's fair to describe it as just a pure deadlock at this stage? Uh, despite uh, what I want to say, that despite all odds, Ukraine has uh, withstood six months of a massive uh, all-out military assault by Russian army. And we managed to liberate a number of territories. And um, as uh, as you know, some foreign observers predicted in the very beginning, in February, that uh, Ukraine would, would fall in just in three days or one week. But uh, we have managed to liberate Kyiv, uh, Chernihiv, Sum region stabilized the front line in the east and uh, we are preparing to liberate more land uh, and Kherson region as well. Uh, what we see now that um, Russian forces uh, are focused on holding their position and uh, actually preventing Ukraine's uh, count, uh, counterattack. Um, the front line is more or less stable. Uh, of course, um, uh, as, as our uh, president, Volodymyr Zelensky, uh, has said that this week Russia may try to do something particularly uh, cruel to humiliate Ukrainians and so fear because Russia likes uh, and Russian leaders like uh, symbolism and symbolic uh, dates uh, as as they invaded uh, uh, next day uh, after uh, the uh, Russians' uh, military forces day. So um, we will see. And I mean, uh, um, it's it's yeah. it's important to give our listeners just an idea, and you you can probably do it more justice than I can to the the horrifying conditions on the ground, particularly in the eastern part of the country. Like a, a city like Mariupol has been effectively almost wiped off the map. I mean, these are just terrible events. I mean, is yeah. do you find it hard to almost kind of translate these events to people in Ireland who you deal with every day who are 
we're, we're living in, in relative comfort, more than relative comfort to what's going on in Ukraine. Do you find it hard personally to, to almost relate what's happening to the country back to an audience here in Ireland? That must be a real challenge in your role. Uh, you know, the uh, city of Mariupol was destroyed uh, almost on 95%, and we don't know exact number, how many civ- number of civilians uh, uh, who ha- have been killed, uh, but, like, uh, what we know, it's uh, uh, 10,000 uh, uh, for sure, and uh, all of us, we saw uh, these images of cruelty and images uh, of atrocities. And of course, many, many, many people who survived uh, from Mariupol, not only from Mariupol, from Donbass as well, and from Kharkiv, um, uh, evacuated, uh, actually moved from, from this territory and fled uh fled ukraine uh and uh, i i have met uh, a lot ma- many uh, many our nationals uh, from mariupol and kharkiv and donbas here in the island as well and many of them um passed through uh, these uh, filtration camps just imagine 21st century and russia established these filtration camps i saw these documents from these filtration uh, uh, filtration camps, and and I have heard this horrible, really horrible story. How how it was? Okay, um, and I can I can just imagine what that's like. We now play host to forty thousand Ukrainians here in Ireland, and they've all got individual needs. Some of them were left and came to Ireland at the start of the conflict some in more recent weeks. We know that um, a lot of them um, some of them were accommodated on college campus and so on. Some of them obviously will have children going back to school in September and I noticed from looking on various platforms and forums that Ukrainians in Ireland use, a lot of them have been moved in recent weeks from their original location so they have to lose their school place and move again. Some of them are obviously leaving college campuses because the students are taking their place. So can you give us any idea? It's a very complex picture, I know. But but what exactly is happening with Ukrainians in Ireland? Where, How many of them are being moved? How many of them are ready to go back to school as normal? And, and just give us an idea of what, what's going on on the ground. I don't know the exact number of uh, Ukrainians uh, who moved to another locations because, you know, like, for instance, I know uh, many, many Ukrainians who, who live here, who uh, moved uh, from one location to another like three times or even more. Uh, of course, it's... Um, uh, very hard and difficult for children, especially for children. Uh, but um, of course, we are, we we understand. Okay, our people are looking for shelter here, uh, temporarily shelter, and um, at the same time, we understand uh, that uh, Irish people in Ireland uh, is facing. Uh, 
uh, problem uh, and housing challenges. Uh, I'm, I'm deeply concerned in this situation, of course, and I hope uh, that the Irish government uh, will will manage and will find solution in order to to grant uh, to our people at least more or less um, long term i would say accommodation yes especially I'm... for 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 women and children for the small children and um what are the conditions like for ukrainians here now i mean how are they getting better worse like what's your assessment of because the the squeeze on accommodation seems to be getting worse and worse. Obviously, there's more and more people coming in. So many Ukrainians would have thought, oh, I'm going to be here three or four months. This is going to be a short-term conflict. A lot of people in the media thought that as well. So so can you give us an idea how you see this all playing out over the next, say, six months to 12 months? Because you know the numbers are tight. So are you in, are you in close liaison with the government here on finding new solutions or new ways to, to address this um, this accommodation squeeze? I'm in contact with the uh, Irish government uh, with, with, like about housing issue and uh, as 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 I know uh, that the government uh, has a special plan for for granting uh, or for providing uh, accommodation for Ukrainians uh, and uh, I'm sure that you know as well about that it's uh, I'm talking about refurbishing old houses, uh, etc. Um, so I hope uh, all our Ukrainians uh, will get uh, um, accommodation. For now, like most of of Ukrainians are satisfied by by the quality of the accommodation. They are very grateful to Irish people and to, to the government, of course. Uh, they feel safe here and of course Ireland is, is, is a very safe place for sure uh, and they have access to, to, to the education and to, to the med- medical care system etc. Many Ukrainians um, are leaving country not, not only Ireland but uh, across the world uh, many Ukrainians uh, have returned to Ukraine uh, as well, so like more than two millions have returned. Uh, Ambassador, I'm just, you know, uh, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna be a bit of tighter in time, so I just want to get to one final um, thing I wanted to ask you a little yeah. bit about, and it's probably more the domestic political scene. Obviously, you're you're mixing with a lot of the politicians, you're getting to see them up close, and and what their their commitment is to the Ukrainian cause. W- were you in any way um, disappointed or kind of surprised even at some of the comments a few weeks ago? But the president's wife, which caught a lot of people by surprise, I suppose. Did did you have any reaction to that, or or, or what what was your perspective when when you heard that? Mm, Irish uh, support and um, support of the government uh, of of Ireland and. Uh, uh, your stance is very well known uh, in in Europe, in Ukraine, and in Ireland as well. Um, and um, I have a couple of meetings with the president of Ireland as well. He he condemns and condemned uh, the invasion, Russian invasion. Are, are they are they meetings to come, or have you had them in more recent weeks? No, um, 
probably last meeting was a couple months ago. All right. Like, so, would, yeah. you, so no, not recently. Would you like to sit down with them again, or and just to make sure everyone is on the same I am very diplomatic hymn sheet? I am very often uh, to all meetings uh, with um, representatives of uh, all poli- parties, uh, with all politicians, uh, of course. Okay, well, maybe uh, a meeting with D. Higgins is plural <laughs> might might be an interesting one. But it sounds like you're very close to their different opinion strands in Irish uh, politics at the moment on the subject. But you are right; there seems to be a fair. Our, bit- Ireland is a very democratic uh, country, and you know uh, the freedom of speech is uh, one of the main values. So everyone can express uh, uh, own opinion. So it's maybe maybe a meeting between yourself and uh, Mrs. Higgins might work. What do you think? Mm, Of course, (laughs) as I said, I'm very open. Yeah. Okay. Well, listen. It's an it's a really important milestone day. UK Ukraine Independence Day. It's been a horrifying six months for everybody involved in this. Let's hope there's something better awaiting. The grain deal recently might might be the sign of a a small little glimmer of hope in, in the whole situation. But thank you very much for coming on the hard shoulder this evening. This is the ambassador, uh, Ukrainian ambassador to Ireland, Ambassador Riso Grisco. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you so much. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.